This week on the Boag World Show, we talked to Andy Kinsey about the changing face of search engine optimization. The transcription for this week's show has been kindly provided by the team at MailChimp and awards have accidentally sponsored Marcus's joke again. Boagworld.com, the podcast for all those involved in designing, developing and running websites on a daily basis. My name's Paul and joining me as always is Marcus. Hello Marcus. Hello Paul, how are you? I'm, I'm excited. Really? Yes. I've got uh, um, <laughs> my life. I just live a, a crazy weird life. Right, so you know I bought this new motorhome. Yes. Right. A beautiful, a thing of beauty it is. It, it, indeed it is, and I can't wait to get it, and we want to kind of go away forever and never come home. But that prov- that presents certain challenges in my new role, okay? You've bought a gadget, haven't you? No, I, well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, one of the challenges I've got is I'm doing a lot of video training material these days, which is really fun, because I, I, I love teaching and, you know, enthusing and getting excited and that kind of stuff. But... My problem is, is if you're doing training video, mm. how how can you do that from a motorhome? <laughs> that would be, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, my mind is, is spinning at the moment. <laughs> so I've just purchased myself a green screen. <laughs> okay. You know, green screen. Yeah, where, yeah I know what it right? is. Yeah. So in the back of the motorhome, right, there's this like L-shaped bit. And I'm going to set up a camera. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I hope it bloody works. Um, I'm going to set up a camera in like the hallway pointing at the L-shaped back behind me. And I'm going to put a green screen behind me and record against that. Okay. <laughs> There's not really an awful lot I can say to that. No. <laughs> I, but it's, it's I, I don't know if it'll work or not, but it wasn't that expensive, the green screen. Yeah. And I thought I'd give it a go because that'll be really funny if I can get that working. I just love the idea of green screen. It takes me back to my childhood. Do you know what I mean? When when they first started doing all kind of, well, it was blue screen back yeah, then, it was, wasn't yeah. it? And and like, oh, wow, I'm in space, man, and that kind of thing. We did blue screen in my pop video days. Oh, did you really? Yeah. I can't remember any of actually what we did, but I made loads of pop videos. You didn't know that, did you? Well, no, you did. I didn't. We've never really talked about that. Yeah, I can't remember. It, it was 12, we probably made in all. Wow. Yeah. And you so, did some blue screen stuff. Um, yeah, definitely. One of them had loads of animation in it, and I can't remember which song it was. Right. How you know, weird. like cutouts. Basically, I, could, I think it was our very first single, actually. Someone had, like, we did a load of kind of just normal film stuff in a studio or a yeah. warehouse or whatever it was. And then they took loads of photographs of us doing that, and they and a, an animator cut them all, cut all the photographs out into card, and like made a, an animation out of it. But I can't remember why that would be related to blue screen. But anyway, lots of kind of cool things like that. Oh, I wish yeah. I could remember. I can just remember doing blue screen stuff, but it's such a long time ago. That now. is a very Nearly long time. Thirty ago. years ago, Paul. So I mean, it's so good because I've been playing with Final Cut Pro. 
um, which is um, just a pleasure to use. And I've been watching tutorials on the green screening, and it just looks so good and so easy. So I'm going to give it a go, see what uh-huh. happens. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited too, Paul. Oh, what are you excited about? It's Friday afternoon and it's nearly time to stop. Well, it won't be because I've got something to do over the weekend, like I did last weekend, because I'm doing two jobs at the moment. Why? What? what, what? Oh, of course, yes. Peter's moved on to greater things. That means you're doing project management, isn't it? Yes, not only me, Lee's doing project management. Oh, no. That, I cannot imagine two worse people to be managing projects. <laughs> he's actually he's, he's actually quite enjoying it, but that's because he's only got one. I've got seven. You've got seven? Yeah, I mean, only one big one, but uh, one that's busy. But, you know, I've, yes, I have. My word. I don't uh, know. I mean, I tease you. But actually, you're quite good at it. You just don't enjoy it very much, do you? <laughs> yeah. I just want to kind of swan around. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like, I was, was it last week I was going on about, I'm, I'm in shock, I'm actually having to work for a living. Yes. I know, this is all very bad at the moment. We, yeah. we've pla- things have calmed down for me a bit now. I'm back into the swanning around mode, playing with green screen. Yeah, I'm not not for us, but that's a good thing. Yeah, um, yeah, you've got loads of stuff coming in. Yeah, well, we've got loads of stuff we're finishing, and there's sort of yeah, there's a, a, a lot of things that have, uh, are kicking off. So that's cool. good. Good, that's good, good, good. It's not good that we've lost somebody that we weren't expecting to lose, though. Well, <laughs> I know fun. that always sucks, doesn't it? <sighs> so, so we're we're never talking to Pete again. I presume. No, no, obviously not. No, Add, well, added to the fact that he's actually still an employee, but he's got two weeks in South Africa. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, bless him. He was brilliant. He is awesome. Yes, but we need somebody else. So yeah, well, I probably should say that, shouldn't I? Yeah, D- digital PMs. <laughs> oh yeah, you you trying to hire to replace? Uh, we will be, not just yet, but yes, we will be definitely. So if the right candidate comes along, yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm sure we were going to have a conversation about that. You had something t- interesting to tell me, but it's probably not a podcast discussion. I did. Yes, <laughs> we mustn't forget to discuss that off air. <laughs> See, then this is really boring for people now. Isn't it, it is. I think yeah. we probably ought to move on. Yes. What else is there to talk about, Paul? Sponsors. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> God, just try, Marcus. These people are very loving and wonderful. Yeah, okay. Actually, they're now paying our first sponsor, which is MailChimp, who, mm. who are paying for the transcription, are now actually paying my sister-in-law. <laughs> Bizarrely. Uh, nothing like a bit of nepotism. She's now doing the transcription for our podcast. Okay. Which cool. is really cool, actually. So, hello, Meg. That's hello, me. Hello, saying, Meg. Yeah. There you go. So, yes. So well, yes, you will actually hear me say that because she is doing the transcription. So, hello, Meg. I mean it this time. <laughs> so, um, yes. So, so she'll like MailChimp because they're paying her wages, which is good. Yeah, so, um, let's talk about MailChimp very briefly because, I, as you know, I'm a huge MailChimp fan. I've been using them for years. Um, and the great thing is, is they offer a, um, you ca- can have a mailing list up to 2,000 people, which is a fairly good mailing list, I think, for free. Yeah, for nothing at all. I was look- looking at their pricing when we were talking to Aaron Walter. That's why I was thinking, why was I looking at that? And it's, yes, because we were talking to the guy who's head of UX or whatever he is there. Yeah, that feels really ne- – I'm. I, it's kind of worked out quite badly, really. Because we've got we've got Aaron um, and Fabio both on the show, both of which work for Mailchimp, and Mailchimp are a sponsor. It looks a bit dubious, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Well, I didn't organise any of it, so it doesn't rub off on me. No. But there was no planning, honestly. It, it, the two, in fact, we got the interviews first, and then um, they offered to pay for the transcription later on. 
which is very nice of them. But anyway, so uh, there's a couple of features that, that you might not know about MailChimp um, that are worth mentioning. Well, you won't, Marcus, but I'm talking about intelligent people, um, which is that they, they offer a really good workflow scenario. So say, for example, Marcus, you wanted to do a course teaching people to play the guitar. Yes. All right. Um, And so people would, um, uh, and you decided that you're going to do the course over email because you don't understand this web thing because it's a bit complicated for you. All right. Um, But you wanted to kind of stagger it. So they have like a lesson a week or whatever. All right. What you can do in MailChimp is you can create the whole course and then schedule like a workflow of these different courses to go out at different times over that period of time. Right. So one every week from the point when somebody signs up. So you can do all kinds of like automation things, which is really useful if you want to kind of have that. So, for example, another thing you might want to do is send them an email a month after they initially signed up. Or if you collected their date of birth, you could send an email automatically on their birthday. All of that kind of stuff. Or so long after they last made a purchase. And so it goes on. That's very useful. It is very useful. The other thing that they do, which is kind of related to that, is also they will send out emails automatically based on an RSS feed. So I could send out an automatic email every time a um, you know I update my blog, for example. Okay. Which again is is there's a lot of use cases where that's really useful. So mm. um, definitely worth checking that one out. They also provide it's powered. It's basically powered by witchcraft, this next bit, because that's the only only way I can possibly understand what they're able to do in terms of they can provide really quite in-depth insights into the users. I guess by matching the data you gather with things like social network profiles and that kind of stuff. So you can find out which of your subscribers are the most valuable to you for whatever reason. Um, and then you can shoot the rest. <laughs> I thought you said malleable. You said valuable. Valuable. <laughs> malleable, yes. We, we understand how their minds work. <laughs> and we can twist them to our needs. Yeah, right, yes. Well, that's essentially what you meant. Well, yes, <laughs> quite possibly. And they even give you, like, they give you like a little star rating so you can see, um, you know, how... Because obviously they collect data about how often people open their emails and that kind of stuff. So you can see actually uh, this person, yeah, they may look great, but they only, you know, they very rarely open an email, that kind of stuff. And they can even do like weird matching things. So you can say this, this kind of, these group of people here, I want more like this group of people, right? And Mm -hmm. so it can find you similar subscribers that you've got to a certain group of people. So it's all very clever. To be honest, I haven't dug into half of this stuff um, because I am a, a, a simple man with simple <laughs> requirements. But I tell you, one, one piece of function, last thing I'm going to mention, one piece of functionality that they do have, which I do make use of, is they can work out automatically the best time to send out your emails, um, you know, based on time zones and all yeah. of the other kind of stuff. They work it out for you um, and then we'll send it at the, the optimal time, which I think is great. So if you want to know more about MailChimp, then you can check them out at boagworld.com forward slash MailChimp. Please, please check them out. Um, even if you might not have an immediate need because you never know what the future might hold. And after all, then they're going to want to use us as a sponsor again because we are sending traffic their way and things like that. So that is the sponsor. 
inter- interview for today. Yeah, who's on today? It's my favourite subject in the world. I we're, know who it is. We're talking about SEO. <laughs> it's Andy Kinsey. Andy Kinsey, yes. So that's going to be fun because um, uh, I have a little bit of a reputation with SEO. Mm-hmm. I wrote an article, which we'll put a link in the show notes, um, on the Smashing Magazine website about um, uh, that basically saying, yeah, SEO, that's rubbish. Um, I got into a little bit of trouble over that with the SEO community. Just a bit. I then did a load of experiments based on the information that I received from the SEO community in, in, in an attempt to prove them wrong. Um, and I did all kinds of experiments on Boag World. It turns out that they're right, <laughs> which is embarrassing. And I'll put a link in the show notes to my, my admission of guilt. Um, and actually, it's really turned me around about SEO, and, and now I'm, um, you know, I, I use it quite a lot. I use what a tool at the moment called SEO Ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. I'm going to really regret all these links. Mm. Um, that kind of helps me uh, improve um, the SEO on my website. And one of my big hang-ups with, with SEO wasn't really what that it was my perception of what seo was rather than the reality today which is very different from what it used to be in the past yeah and that's why i wanted to get andy kinsley on the show because i know a lot of people have got quite an out-of-date view of seo as i did um and uh, andy's gonna kind of shed some light on all of that and give us a give us a sense of um what seo really is in today's world because it, it it's not just about kind of manipulating search engines in fact it's not about manipulating search engines it's much more about content and content delivery and that kind of thing so andy is a great guy um uh we'll put a link in the show notes to to his personal blog which i think is s seoandy.com yeah i think so um and but let's go into the interview now so you can hear yes all he's all the wisdom that he's got to say on a subject where i'm obviously very much lacking Hi Andy, thank you for joining us. It's really good to have you on the show. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Have you, you've been on before, haven't you? I uh, Yes, we've certainly recorded before. <laughs> <laughs> did it never make it to air? I don't think it ever did. Oh, oh no. How embarrassing is that, Paul? <laughs> well, we did have that one series, didn't we, where we said to people we couldn't guarantee we, would, we could cover them all. And so the, you must have fallen between the gaps. That's so sad. It, it's all right. I'm sure I've made up for it in the number of blogs that are on your website. <laughs> yeah, and you have, I think, you, didn't you contribute to the Christmas special as well? No, you didn't, did you? <laughs> Stop now, Paul. <laughs> uh, I'm just <laughs> digging a hole. I, I think the only way we can kind of say that, uh, you know, obviously we apologise for not being on the last, last series, but we're, we're recording another interview with you now. So obviously it was a mistake on our behalf. Oh, well, I mean, worry Andy, about it. Andy <laughs> is the Andy. You've been listening and involved with Boag World for forever, haven't you? Really, we've known each yeah. other. We've never met. Have we? Yes, yes, we have yes, met. We have. Uh, uh, the digital project managers thing a few years ago. Yeah, but other than that, we've never met. I remember meeting you because you were just so obnoxiously rude to me, and I thought I've never met this guy before. He's obviously listened to the podcast because he's learnt how to treat me. <laughs> it, it got me the answers I wanted, though. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. 
So um, we've got Andy on the show because Andy, you're a bit of well, you're you're just so multi talented, aren't you? You're a labour a labour councillor now, is that right? Yes, yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. So when. We're not, you're not on the show to talk about that. We don't care. No, no, as soon as I start talking about that anywhere near work, it starts to get a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It's like mixing two totally different worlds, isn't it? Yeah, it's like when Marcus starts talking about his music. No one really cares about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. See, I like I'll get him a coat. <laughs> <laughs> but, it is, it's, but, but what you're known for in, in this regards is... Um, SEO Andy is how you're referred to, aren't you? Yes. Yes. So, so which, so you are um, an SEO person. I feel I can have a civilized conversation with. That's always good <laughs> because because let's face it, I haven't got the best reputation of I with the SEO community. No, but no, it's it was quite funny to watch you basically stab yourself in the back a few times. Was it last year? Yeah. Shortly no, before you went, Oh, I've made a mistake from the backlash. I, 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 yes. So I famously wrote a post for smashing magazine where I said SEO was a waste of time. Um, and, uh, yeah, that didn't go down well. I, I, sorry. Can we just go back to the point when, when Paul had to admit that he was wrong? Yeah. I then did follow up later. <laughs> I, I secretly did a little test because I, because I, you know, I got a huge backlash. But but that doesn't, you know, that didn't disturb me too much in the sense that, you know, I, I'm used to being told I'm wrong. But as long as I, I'm kind of know I'm right, that's fine. But <laughs> but the doubts began to creep in as I talked to reasonable people like yourself and a few others, and so I did a little test on Boag World which I didn't tell anyone about for about a six-month period where um, I did, like, I actually worked on the SEO stuff on the, on the website. I did my keyword research and I did, you know, all the things that you're supposed to do. That, um, you took care of your website. For- I, I actually looked after my website. And do you know what? It actually made a difference. So, so I've had to backpedal a little bit over this issue. Hence, you're now on the show. Because I think what is abundantly obvious in this scenario is that I know nothing about SEO and I need some help. Well, uh, as the title title of your I'm sorry, I was wrong (laughs) says, perhaps SEO isn't bad after all. Yeah. So so this is because I know that there were a lot of people that um, rallied to my defense and took a very similar view about SEO than I have. And I know that there's a lot of people within the web community that kind of screw up their nose at SEO. So this podcast is an opportunity to address some of those things. And so I've got some questions with you um, that express some of the feelings that I had about SEO and some of the things I've learned about SEO and what other people are feeling. So let's kick off by defining what it is that we mean, really. How would... Because I think that the view that a lot of people have of SEO is different to the reality of people that do SEO, if that makes sense. So how would you define SEO in kind of today's reality? Okay, so... Let's start with the basics. SEO isn't as complex as most people think it is. So the... The way most people today see SEO and explain it to potential clients, or you'll see it explained on various websites, is that search results are based on authority and relevance for a given search term. 
So the more relevant and more authority you have, the higher your rank. Mm -hmm. Relevance is measured via analysis of a specific page. So the words you use, how it reads, the level of detail you use, and then how it compares to other pages on your website versus other websites. Mm-hmm. And then you've got authority, which in general is said to be down to quality of links, number of links to that given page and the domain. But it's important to note that there's two types of authority, page page authority and domain authority. Authority can also come through other factors such as domain age, relations to other websites. So, it, if, for example, Boag World and Headscape are two different websites or were two different websites, and they were both related to each other, so they were lending each other authority, basically. Yeah. So, but that's very simplistically looking at it. There's a third factor to this, which is the technical SEO side, and this is the bit that most people who come to me kind of have ignored all the way because they've done the things, kind of things you talk about in your perhaps SEO isn't bad at all uh, post. Of they've looked at their content, they've looked at um, their titles of their posts, but they've not looked at the technical factors on their website. So this is stuff like the types of redirects they use the status codes that come from the server, um, the use of canonical links, whether URLs are friendly or not, how fast the the site loads, how you can improve the usage of your images. So loading, for example, loading the right size image for the right device and then responsively changing that if the size of device changes or if the you change from landscape to portrait, you might want a different size image and using the alt text and how you use things like local search and structured data markup, such as micro formats, um, to mark up your data to tell search engines that this is a specific thing. Um, And those are the three main sections, really. Yeah, now that makes a lot of sense. I think where I got stuck, um, and and to some degree I kind of still feel a bit like this, is that, you know, the the two main factors that uh, decide how you're ranking as you've already said is authority um and relevancy and so both of those issues are essentially content issues you know they're they're about producing quality content um that uh, you know if you produce quality content that increases your um your uh, the number of people that link to you and that increases your authority um, also, if you're producing relevant uh, quality content, it's relevant content, and so everything's great. So, I, my argument in my initial post was essentially: Wouldn't you be better off spending your money on a content strategist than an SEO person? And to some degree, I kind of still feel like that. I feel like the SEO community has been forced to by my uh, in my limited understanding because of changes google has made into essentially becoming more content strategists um and they're kind of repositioned themselves in that in that new space and i can't help think well wouldn't you just want to go to a content strategist so what am i missing there because i'm obviously missing something is it simply that an SEO person could provide that third strand to it which is the kind of technical elements but how big a difference do those actually make there's a shitload of questions there Andy. i'm sorry <laughs> i've lost track 
<laughs> did any of that make any kind of sense? It, it, it did, and it's a question that comes up time and time again. Oh, am uh, I that obvious? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you are, and can you tell I work with other agencies as well? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let, let, let's just take a step back and look at the history of where SEO has been over the past three or four years. So before three or four years ago, every website just plodded along. Google's little updates didn't make much difference because it was heavily reliant on what was called page rank, which is the number of links you get, Mm. which is related to the content, the relevance, and the authority, as you've just pointed out. However, a few years ago, that all changed, and this is what originally gave SEO quite a bad name a few years ago as an industry because a number of probably millions and millions of websites got smacked out of good ranking positions because what they'd been doing, that they'd been warned about several times not to do it because Google was going to change its algorithm to make it more relevant. So things like keyword stuffing, um, building millions of links to your website to basically manipulate Google search ranking were all wiped off the board. Yeah. And they continue to be to this day. And that's where we're at now and 99% of the the people that today look for SEO know the difference between black hat which is what got punished and still gets punished time and time again versus white hat which is stuff that is the stuff we've basically been talking about taking care of your website and building authority links to your website it's not about building 50,000 educational links to your website Mm. um, from Japan for example um so uh, so to come back to your other question is what what are you missing there is that SEO because Google is always updating Bing's always updating Yahoo's always updating and Yahoo's kind of important at the moment because Firefox has changed its default search engine to Yahoo even though over 80% of people have gone back to Google. Um, <laughs> but that was so, quite shocking because that, that actually had a huge impact, didn't it? On uh, Well, they were saying it was going to have a huge impact. short term. Right, okay. short term. But the people who tend to use Firefox are people who know what they're doing and will tend to go to google.com anyway or yeah. use the search bar in the top right hand corner, which I think still remained Google. Okay. So it kind of made it made a difference for a month or two but then after people changed back it didn't make that much difference at all but just uh, to, can i just uh, jump in at that point knowing that is what i guess would be the difference between an seo specialist and a content strategist that's a yes. that's a good example of what you can bring to the table yeah it because the algorithm changes and the whole industry changes so the whole web industry changes uh, every single day Part of an SEO's job is to keep up with that kind of thing Mm. and to know that just around the corner might be another update that's coming. So the statistics I've got today, so we're on, what, 12th of January. I know we don't like to do dates by recording. Yeah, thank you uh, for messing that up. That's that's really great. Thank you. Oh, it's okay. You you can wipe it off. Uh, (laughs) No, because yeah, okay. that would involve Marcus editing, and we know that won't happen. <laughs> so, so the statistics I've got for the past week or so show that there's a Google update that's likely to be happening now or in the next few days. So whether that's going to be a big or small update, uh, who knows? 
but it could be any number of things. And it's, yeah, you're right. It's being aware of that kind of stuff that's going on that I guess is the additional value. Yeah, and it's, it's also knowing things like, I think when we've spoken previously, we've spoke about structured data, and but you're in the web industry and you had a lack of knowledge around that area. Yeah. But not to be too blunt about that one. No, 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 uh, that's fine. That's the I, whole point of this season is to, to kind of highlight the gaps in my knowledge, really, and to kind of dive into some of those areas. Yeah, and so it's that gap in your knowledge that we can fill. Yeah. So my role as an SEO consultant tends to be to work with agencies like yourself or other content strategists or other web developers who are freelancers to bring that extra bit of information into that mm. and bit of awareness. So um, one of the biggest things that I do as a consultant is when someone's considering doing and building a new website, I'll, I'll hopefully be there from day one to say, okay, this is what we've got to consider. And it's the same kind of thing that you, I know you do with universities of information architecture and whether information actually needs to be on the website in the format it is or does it need to be in another format and how you build blocks around that. But it's then building in the extra layers so that from day one, if they're building a new template, for example, that they're putting in structured data so that it works out of the box and you're not going to start losing any rankings because it, when you're changing between two websites that have been redesigned, yeah. you'll inevitably lose rankings. It might only be for a week or two, but if you can mitigate that so that you don't lose rankings for that term, then that's the perfect thing in the world because you'll probably find that you're going to be re-indexed and you'll rank even better because your website's better than it was. Mm. I mean, taking a step back to this, you know, creating relevant and um, authoritative content, do you, I think, I think part of the problem, part of my misunderstanding of search engine optimization as a, as a, a discipline, and I think part of a lot of other people's um, misunderstanding, especially amongst the kind of user experience community, is the name itself. Um, you know, I, I struggled with the idea of, of talking about optimizing websites for search engines. You know, I very, and this is, you know, I quite happily admit that this is kind of the, the, um, fanatic dogmatic part of me that goes, we shouldn't be optimizing sites for, uh, search engines. We should be optimizing sites for people. Um, and I have had instances in the past, admittedly, probably from less than reputable SEO companies, that the changes that they have made have had a negative impact on the user experience. Um, so, for example, we worked um, with, uh, with Wiltshire Farm Foods that we've talked about before, and they hired an SEO company, um, and they decided that one of the keywords that they should target is ready meals. So they decided uh, on all the navigation bar, which, you know, said things like chicken, you know, beef, vegetarian, etc., as the different categories, that those should all now be named, you know, chicken ready meals, beef ready meals, etc., etc., which I guess is keyword stuffing. Um, and, and that had a negative impact on the user experience because it slowed down scan time, all the rest of it. So 
that's why I, I have this kind of innate problem with the idea of optimizing for search engines. Is that a fair comment? It is, and I think one of the if you go back two years, two or three years to when people were being penalised, there were I was at search conferences where time and time again we were questioning whether SEO is the right name for what we do, and for for a long time the question was up in the air to the extent that I even changed my, my website and company name never changed but I changed to be a digital marketing consultant Yeah, because actually the technical aspect of SEO involves more, is less about search engines and more about the user mm-hmm. and so one of the things that I concentrate on quite heavily is getting the user experience right and conversions so for, for the sake of argument um, if, you, if we've got a website that is doing 10 conversions a day and you can SEO it to the highest degree and it can be number one on Google but you'll still only get 10 conversions a day because of the way the website is mm. because it's either slow or there's no calls to action and I see my role as an SEO to be looking at that and going, actually, we can do more with this. Yeah. So the role of an SEO, although strictly by the name, is to optimize for search engines, it's actually become, in the modern day, to be looking after the user and to be looking after the business as opposed to just the search engine. Because Google has, time and time again, ran out algorithms that are basically user-centric. Mm. So they want you to so like <clears throat> excuse me um, the keyword spamming for instance they quickly took that out because it kills the user experience yeah and so they want the user to have the best experience so they'll come back to Google again and again and again and obviously they want you want them to click the adverts because that's how they get paid yeah mm-hmm. um, so it makes sense to be focused on the user and not the search engine. The search engine will look after itself because you're giving the user the best quality content you can. You're looking after them on the website and you're getting conversions from it. And that's basically what Google wants. It's why Google went and bought Omnivore for Google Analytics. It wants to know that the user's being looked after on the website. Mm. So SEO, whilst it's technically just about search engines it's actually a much bigger picture and it's still why I kind of talk about digital marketing and SEO as one entity rather than two entities yeah I mean that's it it's something that I'm encountering a lot recently is that I think we went through a stage where everybody specialized their jobs more and more. You know, I'm an information architect. I'm an SEO specialist. I'm a, you know, a user interface designer. I'm this, I'm that, or whatever. Yeah. But I think now there's, there's a kind of growing realization as I talk to different digital professionals that, that you've got to think about things very holistically. Um, and so you can't just think, you know, I'm not just uh, a search engine optimization specialist because if I just focus on that, then we don't fix the conversion problem. And at the end of the day, that's what the client wants. There's no point in driving more traffic to your site if it's not converting, as you said a minute ago. And equally, you know, I, I come at the same problem and go, 
you know, I, I can't just focus on conversion. I need to be thinking about, well, how do we get people to the site in the first place? So, yep. so actually, I think it's about taking a kind of holistic approach to it. I just say it, it's interesting. I guess in the end, you have to use the, ser- the term search engine optimization specialist because that's what people are looking for. That's what they're searching for. Yeah. So it's yeah. about being user centric almost <laughs> in, in, in your job title. You know, you can call yourself a digital marketer, but if that's not what people are searching for, then, you know, then you need to go with what they are. Okay. Next question I've got talking about digital marketing. Do you think that, that, the world has changed a little bit. I mean, it strikes me that SEO um, isn't quite as important as it used to be um, because of the rise of, of social media and social media recommendations. How is that kind of peer-to-peer um, word-of-mouth recommendation impacted SEO? So this takes us back to the previous question of what SEO actually is and taking the more holistic view. So the clients I work with, I tend to also work with their SEO as well, uh, with their social media as well, um, primarily because they've both got to be the same voice and tone to, to start with. Um, so we, if you don't take a holistic approach, it doesn't help. Um, However, in terms of social directly, you tend to find that between industry to industry and even websites between in, in the same industry, that actually social media can have a vastly different effect. So in web design, for example, a lot of, um, a lot of referrals and traffic will come through Twitter and Facebook because we're a very technical place to be. Mm. However, things like mums and tots probably won't yeah. through that. You, you, you'll find more and more that Facebook is where they are rather than likes of Mumsnet, for example. Um, but So they're moving away from forums to social media, but it's they haven't yet made the move to Twitter, which is where I know you like to live, Paul. Um, so it's kind of each to their own, and there's actually a large number of industries um, that are very specific, like a client I work with, Total Post, they basically do franking machines and ink cartridges for all those machines, and you'll probably find nothing of theirs on social media. They've got a social media presence, because it's helpful to have one for authority reasons, but actually none of their traffic really comes from there. Actually, then, that's a really good point. It's helpful to have a social media um, for authority reasons. That makes me think of Google Plus. How yes. does Google Plus? Fit? I mean, I you know, I religiously post stuff to Google Plus because somewhere along the line, I got it into my head it was a, a good idea for SEO purposes. But I do feel I am <laughs> wasting my life. Um, am I right? Should I just give up on the whole thing, or is there a value to it? So Google Plus is very much you get out what you put into it. So if you spend half your day every day on Google Plus talking with other people on there, commenting on their posts, being part of communities, you'll get a lot more from it. If you don't and you just post things to it, you'll probably find it becomes a ghost town very quickly. And it's it's kind of the same as... Uh, take for example the Twitter app 
So you spend all day on it, you follow lots of people, and lots happens. But if you then take the app on Android, if you are constantly refreshing it, um, and you pull it back down, you'll start to see posts from four or five hours ago. And so it becomes a ghost world of things you've already seen and you're not really interested in again. So it's very much you get out what you put in. Now, the one benefit of Google+, and it's the reason I'm always telling people to use it, is it's part of Google. And that means if you post a link to Google, Google+, Plus even, you, you'll probably find it gets indexed much, much quicker than if you just leave it to other social media or general link building or hoping that Google's going to come back and index that page. Right. Because you've done it on a Google site, so therefore, in theory, it should come back very, very quickly. And in experience, the more you're using Google+, the quicker that tends to be. Yeah, I mean, that's what I pretty much guessed. I mean, what you're saying about the more you put in, the more you get out is... You know, that's true of any social network in a sense, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you have to make your judgments about where you're going to invest your time and where your audience is. And I can't help but think that probably the majority of my audience are not on Google Plus. But, you know, I still no, post. but they might be searching on Google. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But if that, so that's why I focus on just pushing links to Google Plus without necessarily spending a lot of time you know, seeing whether people have replied and responding yeah. to it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Am, am I, is that, does that sound sensible? It sounds vaguely sensible. <laughs> You're kind of using it and not really. So if you post the link there, the one thing I would say is take care of that post. So anything you put there, if you see that someone's commented in, in one of your notification bars, go and comment back on it or just right. plus one it. Just so that you've done something with that. Um, because the last thing that you want is, and it's the same with anything, it's uh, it's like when, uh, I, I can't even remember if you still run forums or not. Not but, anymore, no. But when you ran forums, people tended to be of the kind of thing, oh, I'll post something, I'll come back and post on my thing, but then would rarely post on somewhere else. Yeah. And so it became a kind of two-horse race of who's posting, and then, does Paul come and answer it? Nope, so I'm not really interested. Right. And it, it's, as with anything, it, it can drain your time and energy. Yeah. So, as you say, it's about focusing in the right place. So, for you and Boag will, it's clearly Twitter works for you very, very well. And that is likely to be because it's so embedded in your website. Because mm. um, you've got things like tweet this quote and things like that going on all over the place. Um, but how... So, the question for you is, how does that compare to, say, Facebook in terms of interaction numbers? Oh, Twitter is far higher. Um, and, I mean, I, I, I do look after Facebook quite a lot. I spend a lot of time, um, you know, uh, checking it, um, answering stuff when, it, when it's relevant, etc. But Twitter, I think, for me, the big difference is that... Um, no, it's a psychological thing, isn't it? I just use Twitter more. Mm. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. It's at your fingertips. It's easier to use. Well, not necessarily. It's not any easier to use. It's just my personal preference, isn't it? No, I, I mean, as in you don't have to go to the page to do it. You that's true. Yeah, and I hate 
the the Facebook pages app with a passion. Yeah, I don't use it. I, yeah, it just annoys the hell out of me. So, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I'm lazy, basically, which I suspect lots of pe- other people are as well anyway. Yeah, anyway, yeah, it tends to be very much of a... Every industry finds its piece of social media and will use it. Yeah, absolutely. Because when I do stuff, with, we do a lot of work with the higher education sector, as you, you mentioned earlier, and that's why I invest time in Facebook, because I know that's where they are. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not like I ignore it. But I, I just don't know of anybody that ever uses Google+. Plus. But perhaps So, so, so do you find a difference then between not so much the quality but type of post between the two? So if you post the same question to, say, Twitter and Facebook... Do you find that there's a more in-depth answer on Facebook than on Twitter? Uh, slightly more, but only because of the character limitations of Twitter. So does that improve the quality of the answer? Yes. Yes. So the, the question, therefore, would be is why, if, if the quality is higher on Facebook, as, as it probably would be on Google+, why don't you use those over Twitter, which are very momentary? Who's who's doing this interview? <laughs> no, it's a very good Difficult question. question, April. <laughs> no, it's not a difficult question. Uh, it's a good question. I think you see you've also got to consider who's listening. You know who's replying. Yeah. Um, so if I ask a question on Twitter, um, a because I've got a bigger following on Twitter, I get a lot quicker replies. Yeah, um, which is always good. You know. Um, Secondly, when I um, ask a question on Twitter, I get a lot more different perspectives. And finally, um, I also get, I know people that um, I really respect look more at Twitter than they do at Facebook. So I'm more likely to get a reply from people who I value their opinion of. So it's a lot more than just character space, isn't it? So and therefore, that, I, th- I think you're, what you're saying, Paul, is that the overall, generally, the quality is better from from Twitter, even if the actual individual little posts aren't. Yes, I think yeah, it's it's better for crowdsourcing for me, but that's only because I've got a large number of followers on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I suspect if I took time, I don't know whether I could nurture that level of followership on Facebook. I just don't see the same level of interest. Um, it, and it, you know, I, I wouldn't have, yeah. It's interesting, very interesting. It's the question that I asked in a recent uh, blog post that made the argument for small data is big data, which is what you're getting from Twitter, is potentially hundreds and thousands of answers, Yeah, but not much detail, versus Facebook, which is very much... uh, You you might get the same kind of thing, but you'll also get in-depth answers, which are more specific and more informational to what you need. And so so calling on the right source yeah and it's also it's dependent as well on on what you're trying to do with that social network yeah sure twitter is great for getting answers to my questions but my primary aim is to provide value um and where you know and so i'm pushing out content that i think my audiences will like um and there are pros and cons 
to both networks in that regards. Facebook um, tends to encourage you to write more than Twitter. Obviously, Twitter uh, forces um, you to be um, concise. You tend to post more to Twitter, um, and it's more concise what you're sharing, which means it's easier for people to digest. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many nuances to these different platforms, aren't there? And it's, you know, you just kind of got to find your way. That's there, what... there, there are, and, and that's the, the main point here is one will work for you, one will work for someone else. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn works for a great number of people because they use LinkedIn groups. Yeah. And that all drives quality of traffic. So your quality of traffic, because you're providing informational stuff about web design and things like that, will co- will come from Twitter in general. Mm-hmm. Um, because also that's where things like Smashing Magazine's audience is likely to be, because it's that industry. Yeah. Whereas some people, as I say, will be on LinkedIn. Like the health and safety health and safety industry tends to be on LinkedIn quite heavily. Interestingly, I get pretty good value from LinkedIn. I'm investing more and more time in it because, okay, I've got lots of, you know, web designers following me on Twitter, but, you know, I'm not going to get rich from that. Yeah, that's not where your business is. No. So, so Twitter is very good for reach, but LinkedIn is good in terms of quality of individuals that I'm engaging with. Also, of course, the other big drawback of, of Twitter is that it doesn't in any way help build a community because, um, you know, if you follow me and Marcus follows me, you two aren't aware of each other. You're only aware of yep. me. Mm. You know, while something like a, a Facebook page or a LinkedIn group, you're seeing each other. So it kind of encourages a community to build, which I think is is the big weakness of Twitter, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I think people have tried to solve that one previously and then Twitter's closed them down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's got a very clear idea of what it wants to be, and that's fine. Hey, yeah. we, we, we can't finish this um, interview without talking about some of the technical considerations web designers should be looking at in terms of SEO. You know, because we, we've focused a lot on authority, we've focused a lot on um, uh, relevance, but we haven't talked much about the technical side of things. Uh, and I don't want to kind of get into enormous detail, but I'm just interested to know, you know, I imagine much to your frustration, you're often brought in too late in the process, um, you know, and, and, and I, you know, I, I, I imagine that must drive you nuts. When you brought in too late, what are the horrible things that you're seeing that uh, you just wish if only the web designer had paid attention to this from the outset? So... Taking web designer and web developer to be the same thing. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. <laughs> so usually it's consider they've usually not considered the type of things like uh, that are performance related. So and that includes responsive web design. Google made it clear last year that it would prefer to have a responsive or adaptive site as opposed to a separate mobile website. Oh, okay. Uh, it's looking at things like the navigation, like you said, the readability of it. Um, and that comes down to information architecture too, rather than the web developer. But it's how it's designed. Is it user-friendly? Is it where you'd expect it to be? Um, again, it's looking at how they put in structured data in there, micro formats, things like that. Do micro formats really make a difference these days? 
yeah. I feel like they've died to death, but they do to your Google rankings, do they? Uh, they don't make a difference to your ranking overall, uh, I find. Your, your local search one, your local search markup will tend to be very helpful because yeah. you'll probably find yourself appearing on a Google map, even if you're not registered on Google Maps. Um, so that's very useful, and in a world where we're becoming more reliant on tablets and mobile phones for search, that's yeah. incredibly important. Um, so if you search for specific products, you're just as likely to find argos.com as you are saying, as the round the corner's got this in. Yeah. Um, so locally, it works very well. Structured, it's just a helping hand to any search engine that's out there to say, this is what this data is, and this is who, for example, if it's a book, this is who the author is, this is the title, this is the ISBN number and the blurb, and this is my review of it, the number of stars. And what you'll tend to find is if you put a review with a number of stars, is that that number of stars will then appear in your uh, in your ranking display. Yeah. So it makes you stand out a little bit more. And one of the things that has disappeared recently is uh, Google were doing an authorship mm. system mm. where it didn't didn't so much affect your rank as it, it put your little picture next to something when one of your friends did that search on Google Plus. They were your friend on Google Plus. Or you were a real authority figure. And that was meant to increase clicks and improve authority, but didn't work. Ah, okay. So that's so why they, they then removed it. So they've removed it. However, the authority link is still there. They've not removed the system to say the author of this post is this. Okay. So it's th- and it still works in Google Plus, to my knowledge, uh, that you can do a search via the user if if they've had their author script on that page, it will show up. So it's kind of still there, but it's not in the main search anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your name, I was written by and see more by, is still there. It's just not the picture. So the the other big thing coming back to performance is mm. the speed of the site. Mm. That is one of the biggest issues that we come across is that we live in an age of broadband where you can download a 500 meg movie or a gig movie in the space of 10 minutes. That doesn't mean everyone's on that speed though. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 um, as we've found out is that even fiber broadband has its doodads and gets cut off so it's a case of you make it the best you can and okay you're never going to have the perfect speed you're never going to get 100 on a google insight score or a y slow score but as long as you're aiming for that and you're above 70 percent you're generally doing quite well and so it's things like reducing the amount of JavaScript that's on a page, which seems to be a web developer's heaven at the moment. Uh, reducing the number of images and the amount of CSS you're using. So it comes back to what we, what you were talking about on the podcast three or four years ago of potentially using less CSS or even just compressing the CSS so there's no spaces in there and things like that. And also, yeah. obviously, there's the stuff to do with the status code which you can't really tell until the website goes live other than the redirects what's going to happen with that 
It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think performance is... Google are really pushing the performance side of things, so I think that's really good to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over the next few years. In fact, it's good, let's be honest, I think it's going to be interesting to see how SEO evolves over the next few years. I think it'll be... Yeah. You know, I think there's all th- kinds of things that may well be happening. Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show. That that was brilliant, and I hope it's kind of dispelled some myths about SEO. And uh, yeah, everything you've been talking about today is you know eminently sensible. And to be honest, a lot of those things you were talking about in relationship to the technical considerations are stuff that a good web de- uh, designer or developer should be doing anyway. They should be caring about user experience. They should be caring about performance, etc. And so it's good to know really that. You know, search engine optimization is actually encouraging good practice and providing a business case for good practice. Because let's be honest, um, you know, if you say, or oh, it'll improve SEO, people will do anything. <laughs> at, at, at its very core, SEO is simply about best practice of everything. So best practice about the technical stuff and best practice about your content. Yeah. Because we, we, if you take either of those two legs off, then you're going to fall over and you're never going to build authority without both of those two legs. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you very much, Andy, and uh, hopefully we will get you back on the show one day in the future. Yeah, big thanks, Andy. No problem. Okay, so that's SEO Andy, otherwise known as Andy Kinsey. So, it's that time of day day again. I think I'm a bit worried about awards.com our sponsor because they seem to have accidentally sponsored your joke again and uh, i'm sure they didn't mean to well this is the third week in a row isn't it i know they're the a first, wonderful bunch this lot yeah the first week you can forgive them yeah you know what is it they say trick me once and all of that but three weeks on a row i mean that's just getting embarrassing for them now isn't it so yeah um they're lovely and we appreciate them. Check out check out their website, um, boagworld.com forward slash awards. What I love about this website is they're in a, you know, they do web design awards. So they've got loads of really top notch inspirational web design stuff. So if you're going through that, uh, all my websites look the same time as we all do. Then check out their website and they've got loads of cool stuff. They also have a really good blog over there with some excellent writers. <clears throat> Um, that um, that's the point you're asked to like who? <laughs> Go on, Marcus, say it. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm on it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they've got some, they've got a really good blog with loads who's of... Who's on it, Paul? Uh, who's on, who's me, on the blog? Me, me, me. It's all about me. Right. All right. So, brilliant blog. Definitely check that out. Oh, <laughs> I just dropped, I just dropped our phone. So oh. I couldn't hear you. I can still hear you. Uh, it's probably a better way to be, actually. <laughs> anyway, right, I'm back. Um, uh, blogs. Yes, yeah, so they've got really good blog. Um, loads of great stuff on there. Uh, it's one I'm subscribed to, and I'm very picky about which ones I'm subscribed to. Um, they've also got a whole section on resources and tools and that kind of stuff, which is really good. There's loads of, you know, bits and bobs you can download and, uh, you know, help you out. And, and, you know, they've got cool, the kind of cool stuff you come to expect. They've got a new section as well, which is great for keeping up to date with what's going on in the industry and that kind of stuff. And they've got a job board. So if you're looking, um, for a career move, then there's, it's definitely worth checking them out for that as well. So that is boagworld.com forward slash awards i think this is this is the last week that they're sponsoring marcus's joke so if for no other reason than pity 
you should visit their website. <laughs> yeah, they're very brave people. They are, they are. So there we go. So Marcus, make it a good one because this is the last time they're sponsoring us. Okay. Well, I've got a bit of a problem um, going through my mind in that I can't remember which joke I did last week. Oh. <laughs> so I'm going to do a joke. And if you say that's the one you did last week, I'll edit it out and I've got another one ready. But the chances of me remembering what joke you did last week... I don't think I did. I really can't remember which one I did. Anyway, so okay. I'm going to do this one. This is a Tommy Cooper joke. Does that, does that remind you of anything? Well, uh, you've done lots of Tommy Cooper jacks over the years because he's awesome. Yes. So it's a nice short one. Here we go. Uh, the back of my anorak leaps up and down and people chuck money at me. It's my livelihood. <laughs> That's, That's quite a, good, isn't it? Yeah, you hadn't done that one before. That is quite good. It is quite good. I don't really feel Ward's got their, their money worth in terms of joke length. So I do another one? But I do think they got it in quality. Okay, go on then, do another one. This is a bit of a longer joke. Lee sent me this. What, our Lee? Yeah, our, our Lee. Right, okay. Um, and he said, might even be true. That means it's not, it's but not, anyway. It's not true, is it? Ron Chestner, 89 years of age, was stopped by the police around 2am and was asked where he was going at that time of night. Ron replied, I'm on my way to a lecture about alcohol abuse and the effects it has on the human body, sorry, I can't speak, as well as smoking and staying out late. The officer asked, really, who's giving the lecture at this time of night? And Ron replied, that would be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's funny. I really like that. That's a brilliant... I, I hope that that is true, because if it is, the man deserves a medal. Exactly. I hope the policeman let him off. <laughs> we only asked him where he was going. Yeah, yeah but yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, that's wonderful. Oh, no, I've done the normal thing I always do, and I forgot to make a note of who's on the next show. I'm so unprofessional. And who's on the next show, Paul? I don't know yet. I'm just stalling for a moment longer, <laughs> so I can tell you that next week... Ah, now we already talked about this, because Bruce Lawson's on next week. Oh, yes, yes. So Bruce is going to come on, and he's going to talk about... HTML and the future of HTML because there is uh, HTML has got much more complicated since my day. It all used to be so simple. It, you know, you had a, a, a few tags, you know, and that was it. Now it's got web components and all kinds of weird shit that I don't understand. So, um, so Bruce is going to come and sort me out next week. So that's good. So uh, you're excited about that one, Marcus? I expect. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just because he's a funny man. Uh, he is a funny man. That's true. Were you in on that interview? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. 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 Oh, yeah.